Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, hello everyone. This is Suzanne Knabernikol from Police Science Doctor with your weekly dose of police science snippets. Police Science Doctor exists purely to bring research findings and correct facts to the policing and law enforcement professions. One of the ways in which I do this is basically to just make sure that you get <clears throat> a bit of an insight into everything that's been published in policing, police science, criminology, investigative psychology, forensic psychology, and the like. Usually police do not have access to these research findings because there is no coherent flow of information from the researchers to the practitioners but that's that's what i'm trying to do and one of the ways i try to do this with is these police science snippets so i go through lots of publications most of them published very recently um, academic journal articles and i try to find those that i think might be of immediate and practical and applicable use to some of you i put three of them together send them out in an email every tuesday straight into your inbox if you're subscribed to the police science doctor email list and you can actually read the snippet and also go to the um be taken to the original research link also, if you are on the Police Science Doctor email list, you have access to the whole library of previous science snippets and also some transcript of some of the videos that are published on the website. So without further ado, here's the first police science snippet for this week. It's about adolescent economic abuse. This type of abuse includes coercive behaviors leading to interference with education, employment and finances. The study found that only just over half of participants would seek help. Black and other ethnic minority participants would be less likely to seek help than white participants. If they do seek help, adolescents would most likely speak to parents and friends in the first instance. <clears throat> so this is quite interesting that, um, that victims who are black of, or, or of another ethnic minority are less likely to seek help than white victims. So this is obviously something that needs to be taken into consideration, maybe doing better outreach programs in school, education, making sure that everybody knows what it, what might be going on, what the risks are, and encourage everyone to come forward if there's anything to come forward about. The second research is about use of force assessments. Not only the suspect's level of resistance to arrest counts, but the overall threat of the situation is assessed by officers. So this is um, the synthesis in response to the fact that Usually when um, research is done on the on police use of force, they are looking at, okay, to what extent did the suspect resist arrest and then how much use how much force was used. But actually it's not just the level of um, resisting arrest. There's other factors that officers need to take into account when they're deciding if they need to employ any force or not. The amount that subjects resist officers does not always correspond with their overall level of threat or dangerousness. The presence or absence of weapons, for example, and the suspect's deductible level of intent are also factors that influence whether officers do or do not use force. A more holistic understanding of these situations is necessary. This article is actually open access, which means that everybody can read the entire article, which is great. <clears throat> so if that is relevant to you or your work or you just find it interesting, go ahead and um, click through to the link if you got the email. And the third snippet for this week is about the risk factors for gang membership. 
Identified risk factors for joining a gang are social disorganization, unsafe neighborhood, school failure, absenteeism, and failure to pass assessment standards, involvement of family members in criminal acts, depression, substance use, low self-esteem, rebelliousness, and elevated feelings of leadership, social disadvantage, and a lack of resources. Now, whilst that, that doesn't actually give us any, any new information, we sort of knew that already, but I thought it was interesting to bring that up here because how many of these factors are police and crime related? Hardly any. Um, this is all about health, mental health, social, um, social setups. So I think that society and organizations working in the public sector and the government need to take a lot more responsibility for these things because I often find the police are cleaning up many of the things that other organizations need to be more involved in. You may have heard that the Metropolitan Police has, here in London has decided not to respond to mental health related calls anymore. Um, I'm quite curious to see how that turns out because it is a fact that many of, I don't know if it's most of the calls, but a very large proportion of calls that police respond to are actually mental health related, not crime related. So what what would happen if they stopped doing that? So that would be interest, very interesting to follow to see what happens there. Um, and the police can't always be expected to deal with things that are caused by things and issues and aspects that are actually the responsibility of other organizations. So we'll be quite um, following that with them um, very closely. I hope there was something of interest to you here. Um, if not, then do tune in into um, next week's broadcast again, because obviously the variety of jobs that you guys do is so vast that I can't always find something that is relevant to your particular role. But hopefully there'll be something of interest to you in the library. If you're not already on the free police science, Dr. Ema, let's just, <clears throat> excuse me, just Google police science, go to police science doctor and enter your details into the form that pops up. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. Thank you.